0: We're going to read verses 2 and 3, and then we're going to go to Matthew chapter 22. So Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 and 3. Are you all finding it? And then we'll go to Matthew 22. Can everybody hear me okay out there? I thought you probably could because this is a, a speaker system that surrounds you. So, so I hope you uh, are enjoying the sound. But most of all, folks, I don't want you to be concerned about all this stuff up here. Be concerned about your condition before Almighty God. We're going to be speaking on the first commandment. You know, I get, I get uh, tired of hearing people put down our uh, Ten Commandments. I get tired of people uh, saying that uh, there is other gods other than ours. And I've got news f- for you folks. There's only one God. Uh, any other God is false. I said any other God is false. There is no doubt about it. And you can say, oh, there's this one and this one. And I could name some to you. I'm I'm not going to because I'm not going to condemn. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to lift up my God when I have the opportunity. This is the first commandment. Why don't we all stand for the reading of God's word? We're going to Exodus chapter 20. We're going to read uh, verses 2 and 3. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What does that third verse say? Uh, speak it with me, please. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Boy, that's a A tough little verse, if you really think about it. Go with me to Matthew chapter 22, if we may. Uh, We're going to read verses 37 through 38. All right, are y'all almost there? Uh, Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Thank you, church. You may be seated. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Someone has well said that before there can be real worship and intelligent service for God, man must know something about him. Amen. I think uh, people get saved, uh, some do. Some get saved and when they um, honestly start uh, should be serving God, They know nothing about him because they have not been taught anything. Oh, I I know God. I know Jesus. I know the Lord God Almighty. I know Jesus Christ. Do you? Because if you know him, then you're going to uh, uh, get this burden in your heart. It's called passion and fire. Passion and fire, and you're going to become the kind of, uh, of uh, Christian that is going to live what he reads in. my wife uh, was in our ministry uh, we had been uh, for six years uh, our ministry had been started and she finally uh, realized that she was lost serving God, singing songs about Christ and uh, asking uh him to save people's souls and they still, she never never got saved until 1991 woo yes yay yay think about it folks that's the greatest day of your life when you get saved the next greatest day is to have God use you for his honor and glory All right, let's go into our outline and see who God is. Well, first of all, this is furnished by God himself. (laughs) No one can help God be who he is because he is. I am the Lord thy God, and it literally means I am Jehovah Elohim, or Elohim, however you want to pronounce it and that signifies might and power it was Elohim the mighty and the powerful one who created the heavens and the earth I always go to uh, verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1 and you're going to find there the word uh, actually I think it's verse 2 well let me look I, I, I I I think, Pastor, that you, yeah, it's verse 2. I think you do this sometimes, but I don't know. I doubt if you do. Because you don't ever goof up, do you? (laughs) Down at the last part, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. I believe that was done by the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. But look at the spirit. It is spelled in most Bibles, the good Bibles, with a capital S. That, uh, that indicates uh, God's deity. And if you have a Bible that's got a small s, I would encourage you to find another Bible. Uh, because it doesn't have, because if it's got that small s, it's going to be the kind of Bible that has taken away God's deity. And as far as I'm concerned, his deity is all that there is. I love that. Well, with this knowledge, we learn uh, who we are worshiping because it was the mighty, the uh, Elohim, and the powerful one who created the heavens and the earth. In Exodus 3.14, God said uh, to Moses, (laughs) I am that I am. Wow. I wrote some songs about that. In this great revelation, I see three things. Number one, I see his all-sufficiency. He could not go out Side of himself to define himself. He didn't have to. Because he is the Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the ending. Number two, his sovereignty. His sovereignty. I am that I am. There is no one, no being above him. And then I see his unchangeableness, right? I am that I am. I am what I always was. <laughs> I will be what I am and always was. As Paul said of Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Ladies and gentlemen, there are too many people tries to make God into what they want Him to be. And I'm convinced that He is who He is. You cannot change God. God will never change, but He changes. people say, Brother Pearl, why are you preaching this message? Because you know that we're there. That... Of not believing Him for who He is. <clears throat> I get excited. So, what does God demand? See, here is where humanity has their problem. God demands some things from us. And people don't want to be told what to do. Even me. Don't tell me what to do. Ask me to do it. But God has said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That is solidified in truth. That is right. It's in the book. And God will not tolerate any rival. There's no one that is equal to him or above him. We are to love him more than anything else. If you're taking notes, jot down Matthew 22, 37, 38, which we've already read. Deuteronomy 6 and 5 and 6. Because we are to love him more Than anything else. Preacher, you mean I'm to love him? ill-fed Christians. We will not ever grow past the truth of God I still think that gravy's good no matter what. (laughs) I'm teasing, I'm teasing. All right. The Lord God demands wholehearted worship. The word worship means to reverence and adore. It is true that the worshiper becomes like the being that is worshipped. I wanna get on my knees, I wanna humble myself before Almighty God that whenever I find should not make you what you are. You should follow them if they lead you in the- nothing. He becomes edified. You got me? And he makes something out. Amen. Our ministry has been going for 35 years. Apparently, something's going on Then I become nothing, and then whenever I become nothing, he becomes everything, and therefore I glorify in Christ. Duh. <laughs> did, did you catch that one? See, to put him first. But in our day and age, there are I want to be a child of God that produces God's fruit. God wants to be trusted. He demands confidence and trust, which results in the fullest blessing to the one that is trusting him. How many times have I heard people say, Brother Crow, I want to be just like Sister Crow. Oh, y'all thought it was me, huh? Well, sometimes they will say that. How many times have they told us, I want to be just like you. And how many times do I say, No, you don't. No, you don't. Because it takes sacrifice. Not Trusting in yourself, not putting you as a God or any other person as a God, but you start trusting Christ completely and wholly for everything. God demands that we make a personal choice as to who we are going to worship. And the reason is found in Matthew 6, 24 and 1 Corinthians Chapter 8, verses 4 and 6. Because the uh, uh, crowning sin today is not in rejecting the true God. Are you all listening? But it's in trying to divide our worship between too many other things and God. That's That's a true statement. The crowning sin today is not in rejecting the true God, but in trying to divide our worship between many other things and God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. But our children and our grandchildren... You how I feel about that, okay, because <laughs> <laughs> I really don't care, because I don't want. Thank you. Up and say, no, we're not going to let you go to hell. Are you with me? Yeah. Yes. You have to take them to the ball games. I know this is hard. You have to take them to the ball games and let them play on the computers let them do this teach them how to mow brain. a burden for our country, and I've got a burden for my grandchild, and I've got a burden for my kids who are living idiotic lives, and someone's got to stand up, folks. Someone's got to tell thee the truth. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. You must make that choice today. How may this command be broken? And by the way, there is more to this uh, if you'll just, uh, uh, if you wanted to stay here for three hours. And I don't see that happening. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. So how may this command be broken? Well, as we have seen, the first command commandment demands supreme devotion to God. Man, I love him with all my heart because I know what the, the Bible says about the heart, that the heart is wicked and it's evil continually. first commandment demands supreme devotion to god therefore if we find more interest in anything else come on than we do in god and his work it is idolatry that includes your work if you take off sundays uh and you're just out there fishing or something like that, fishing has become your God if you do it on a consistent basis. Are you with me? Well, by living for oneself, that is to take yourself, make yourself the center of thought and activity. That's another way that it becomes idolatry. By making pleasure the goal of, of life, Untold millions are offering sacrifices to the goddess of pleasure. Almost everything in America today is geared for pleasure. Well, just look. But 1 Timothy 5.16 is a warning. But he that liveth in pleasure is dead while he liveth. By living to eat, by living to eat, it is a sin. For some people, uh, that is, and Paul speaks of a people whose God is their belly in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 19. And there is the worship of mammon. Mammon means greed for gain. Greed for gain. Jesus recognized men in his day who had a passion for riches. Matthew six twenty four. Understand, folks, it's not a sin to be rich. It's a sin to put the riches before God. Paul calls covetousness idolatry in Colossians 3, 5. Well, there's the outline. So now I can preach. I'm just teasing. I am going to say a few things. If you have never been saved, then your God cannot be the Lord. i coming to church seems like they wait and they wait, and they wait, and they put it off, I'm I'm going to tell you, there's salvation in one. of the time, there is what we call, if I can think of the word, hypocrites, old preachers. You should have shut up five minutes ago. (laughs) The truth is, folks, you can talk it, but if you don't walk it, started putting up with anything right. that anybody wants to put out there they they don't care just green one or my yellow one. their uh, service to God. If you're not saved, I pray that you will be saved, but that's a choice. If you are saved, then I guarantee you, I want you to start serving God. Not because of Philip.
1: It's about nice clothes. We'll have the piano and organ play through hymn of invitation. Perhaps you're here today and you say, "I don't know if I died right now that I'd go to heaven." Brother Crow was talking about knowing God and having only one God, and yet we may not even know Him personally. If that's the case this morning, you do not know Christ as your Savior. Would I? Uh, I'd like to plead with you this morning. Don't leave here lost. Come forward and let us take the word of God and show you how you can be saved this morning. If you're a Christian here today, and perhaps there's some things that we've allowed to creep into our lives that have gained more prominence and more importance in our heart than the Lord Jesus Christ. then maybe today we could uh, begin by saying, Lord, I want to rededicate my heart to you. I want to give you the preeminence in my life. Revival will never come until he has the rightful place in our heart. Father, we pray that you'll bless the invitation, and Lord, use it as you would see fit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. With heads bowed, please, and eyes closed, we'll have just a hymn or two of invitation, verse or two of invitation. If God's spoken to you, would you come this morning? Spoken to your heart, would you respond to it? If he has not, perhaps all is right between you and the Savior, then perhaps you'd pray for others in the room that he has spoken to.